Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. Patagonia. What a wonderful conversation that we're having with Corley. Where we left off, we were talking about Patagonia Action Works, the army of not-for-profits that was gathered together by Patagonia so that any individual could type in their zip code and find where they could participate at the local level. And that was so brilliant, as we said, because we recently conducted research with Points of Light. And that research said that millions and millions of more people want to get involved in civic action, in causes, but they just need someplace very simple to type in their zip code, to get lots of choices, and then they'll act. Now, in our second part, there's a lot more to learn. We're going to learn about getting employees engaged as well as getting new management engaged top down, bottom up with great integrity, empathy, and commitment. So join me for the second conversation with Patagonia. I know you're going to love it. I want to talk a little bit about leadership. Yvonne still has an omnipresence and it just, I love, you know, when he's in some of your films and you just feel, and his voice is just, it's soothing, but it's urgent. It's a very special, 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 delicious sort of sound. Um, you had Yvonne, he's still there. Rose was one of my heroines. Now you have Ryan. How do you continue to protect that absolutely special ethos that's so authentic. We definitely have benefited from really great leaders. I think also um, beyond the ones that that you've listed, Chris Tompkins, right, who um, just was an incredible leader for our company, now is on our board, um, and she is doing um, such important work to protect wild places in, Ch- in South Chile, America. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think in some ways, um, our, our leaders, uh, I don't want to say have it easy, but their marching <laughs> orders are really clear and clear. I think that helps. Right. And this is, this is again, back to why our mission statement is more than just a slogan. It's not just a slogan. It is very, it's the direction that our leaders use to make big decisions and to guide day-to-day small decisions. And um, I think also an important part, um, we touched on this a little bit already, 
is our leaders do have trust in us and um, and they have trust in us to do our job. And I think that trust, it helps our leaders be good leaders. It helps the entire team, though, be a good team. And so tell us a little bit about Ryan. I mean, that has happened in the last, what was the end of September? And I know he's been with you a long time, so that that's really good. But um, what does he do when he takes the reins from Rose? And um, I'm sure you're all looking and saying, is anything going to change? Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, I, we're really excited to have Ryan. We miss Rose, um, of course, and he has big shoes to fill. But um, we are excited to have Ryan. And I think. Um, one of the things that was really clear uh, the first day um, and the, those first couple days when we made the announcement was how excited the team in Europe was for him. And so Ryan, um, for your listeners, has led our business um, in Europe for uh, the past I should know this by now, but five plus years, and um, and our 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 uh, operations in Europe are based out of Amsterdam, and so his 100 plus uh, team they are just was beside themselves. They were so excited for him, and they were raving about how wonderful a leader he has been to the rest of us, and so that was really fun to see and to celebrate. Um, and, you know, what he's been spending his time doing since he's taken the reins is really listening to um, to all the, the teams around the world. One of his priorities is to really better um, to, to take a better global approach. We're a global company, but we can be really U.S. centric. And I you know, so he's really working hard to make sure we take a global approach that our regions are all connected and he's, so he's taken these past few weeks to really listen around the world to what's good, what's bad, what's working, what's not working. Um, he's digging in with retail teams, with our Reno team, which is where our distribution center is. Yesterday, he spent uh, more than an hour with the marketing team, um, really trying to listen and hear out what's working and what's not. And um, I think that's just a a great sign um, of what's to come. And, and he's he is actively listening. You can tell in the way that he's engaging and the questions that he's asking. He's been really transparent and, um, and that's been great. Um, I think in these COVID confusing times, uh, it's important to acknowledge what we don't know and, and, um, and to be really honest. And, and I, we're getting that in spades with him and it's been great. Um, does he have a special question that you go, wow, that's a great question? You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I know, he, he, may or may, he may or may not, but sometimes you'll get, you know, a new leader that they'll just ask. I you know I, in an interview, I always ask, what's the most important thing you learned from your mother and your father? <laughs> and you said it, you've said it before. And I, I just think that's one of my favorites. So I don't know if you have, if he had a favorite. I don't know that it's a question, but one of the things that I appreciate about how he responds and interacts is he always has a, well, let's look at this three ways. <laughs> and then got okay, there you go. The different okay. ways. And and then, you know, together you can kind of figure out what the answer is sort of based on, on that. Um, I think he's also 
he's looking to challenge, but he's looking to support. And, um, and I think that really comes through in how he's sort of digging in in these early days um, and, you know, not challenging, okay, I want to come in and do things totally different. No, let's build on what works, but um, let's challenge ourselves to, to do better for stuff that's been broken for a long time. So I'm curious, but how does Yvonne interact with your with the C-suite or or product development or such? Generally speaking, Yvonne is very available <laughs> and he does other than the fact that he doesn't have a phone or a computer. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you got to talk but, to him. But these days he's been able to use the family one. And so we're still in touch with him. But, uh, yeah, he's sort of famous for not having an email address or a computer. He doesn't want one. And I appreciate that about him. I actually think that helps to um, provide clarity in his thinking. Right. He's <laughs> <laughs> distracted by 200 emails every two minutes. Um, so, yeah, Yvonne, I mean, you know, he and our board are there for for kind of top uh, guidance, um, really wanting to kind of push down um, the day to day. He has uh, a story about don't call him if the building is on fire. Figure out how to put that. Fire <laughs> <out."> <laughs> OK, right. <laughs> right? I think he's more interested in talking about. The fire wouldn't, you know, we could prevent fires if we think about it this way. But but don't call him if the building's on fire. Put the fire out. <laughs> Why did you become a B Corp? I mean, you seem to have such deep values. You got a deep keel. Um, why is, was becoming a B Corp so important to you? I think becoming a B Corp was important to Patagonia because we recognize that the values um, and the mission that drives our company needed to be enshrined. They, we needed a way to formalize that. And the B Corp structure provided that. And so I think that was sort of the early, this is why this makes a ton of sense. It's going to almost just formalize um, our, our value system. And, um, and I think you know, what's come out of it more recently as we've sort of matured in our B Corp journey and in our own values journey is, okay, we we must care about more than profit. And so it's people and planet. And what is people and planet in that mixture look like? I think the learnings from other B Corp companies as more and more companies are joining this movement have become really important for for us. Um, and um, and then I think now that there are more and more companies in this, you're now also starting to hear big companies, the business roundtable talk about, yeah, it okay, 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 yep, we should care more about <laughs> than more than our shareholders and communities are important and the people that work for us are important. And so I think we're I think it's having um, a really positive effect. I think you're seeing a an acknowledgement from um, some of the most uh, powerful um, business leaders around the world that capitalism has to evolve. And um, and that acknowledgement is really important. And I think the B Corp community has been on that for a long time. We actually just had Chris Marquis um, from Cornell on about his new book. Oh, great. Um, so so we had some great conversations about that. Let's talk about some other scaling actions. Um, can you talk a little bit about time to vote 
and why that is so important now and then specific actions that you've taken, not just for your own organization, but how you had that amazing ecosystem that seemed to grow overnight. <laughs> sure. So time to vote is um, it's just a, it's a humbling and wonderful movement uh, that started in 2018. Um, it, it was sort of born out of a LinkedIn piece that our then CEO, Rose Marcario, wrote about citizenship and really the role that companies can play in supporting our democracy and really kind of defining citizenship in a way that, um, yeah, empowered CEOs to think about how are you supporting good citizenship? And Fundamentally, in this country, um, it starts with your right to, to vote. And um, and so, you know, she wrote this piece about her decision to shut down on Election Day, shut down our, our all all retail locations in the U.S., our headquarters and our distribution center and, and asked, you know, companies to consider doing the same. She got such good feedback from from our colleagues saying, you know, they wouldn't have been able to vote unless she made that decision. And so she decided to do it again in 2018. She wrote that piece very quickly. We heard from PayPal and Levi's who've been on this great journey with us and, and many other companies too. Walmart was early um, in joining us, uh, Tyson's Foods. Um, and so we just kind of set out realizing, okay, what works for Patagonia might not work for Walmart, um, but Walmart can be committed to that same goal of trying to increase voter participation and really working to ensure that um, you employees shouldn't have to choose between earning a paycheck and voting. And that's ultimately what Time to Vote is about. The scaling side um, has become really evident this year. So we set out that, that summer of 2018, we thought, yeah, maybe we'll get like 25 companies. Uh, we ended up having 411 by the midterm elections, which was Really, I mean, zero budget. This was all kind of based on relationships um, and, and earned media. Um, and um, and then so we set a goal of trying to recruit a thousand companies for for this year. We have over fifteen hundred companies this uh, already, and and we're still growing every week. We get hundreds of applications to join our movement and. It has been humbling. It has been so rewarding. And I, I do think it's making a difference. I think um, we will see a record turnout in this year's elections. And I think there is greater awareness of some of the barriers to voting, work schedule being one of them, and the ability that um, the private sector has in removing some of those barriers um, and, and just how important that is. And uh, we are totally nonpartisan. This is not about politics. Um, this is about helping to exercise what uh, my former boss and friend John Lewis called the most powerful nonviolent tool that we have and um, just allowing people to vote. Let's take a break and find out what else is happening besides this podcast that you may want to know about.
Our next In the Know is about one of my favorite places to eat a nice meal, Panera Bread. Panera is always moving forward to develop firsts. One of the things they have is the no-no list, and that's all those really artificial ingredients that you can't uh, describe and um, pronounce that aren't in their foods, whether it's an adult meal or a child's meal or even in their drinks. But they wanted to go farther. So they are now the first national restaurant company to label climate-friendly, cool food meals on their menu. They're empowering consumers to know the impact of their plate. How fantastic. So you can find more about this um, at Panera Bread, or you can go to Cool Food Meals. And these meals have a low impact on the climate. And it's really when you know about this designation, again, it's one of those new labels per se, you can eat your meal with a little bit of a smile on your face and know that you're having delicious food and you're also helping the planet. And by the way, I don't represent Panera. I'm just a fan. be remiss if I didn't ask you about product. Um, you know, we're talking about issues and programs and, you know, the uh, the urgency of the cl- of climate. But product is you have to have product because you've got to generate a profit so that you can do all these other great things. So talk a little bit about product. Um, and, you know, it's not perfect, but you're always innovating. We are. Yeah. Um so our the value system around product is to build the best product um, that can be repaired when it's broken, um, that can last as long as possible, even under the most crazy of, <laughs> of situations, whether you're a mountaineer or a surfer, um, we want a product that lasts. Um, in in that extreme weather and in extreme conditions. We want a product that can be recycled at the end of its life or uh, more recently that we'll buy back. Um, And um, and so an excellent product for us really exemplifies that innovation and responsibility. And also, Yvonne would probably say, most importantly, simplicity, right? This is not about accruing like a bunch of gadgets and, you know, to have a, a very complicated um, uh, wilderness adventure. Actually, it's quite the opposite. We want to be able to repurpose certain jackets for a lot of different situations and, and really kind of lean into that simplicity. Um, you know, I think one of the more interesting things we're doing on the product side right now, um, because another part of our value system around product was cause no unnecessary harm. We're taking that a step further. Um, we have become leaders in um, the regenerative organic agriculture movement. Um, and this was this is really important for our product because organic cotton, which we switched to over 20 years still causes um, a lot of harm um, actually to the planet. And so what we're, you know, we were thinking, okay, well, 
we know the best thing to do is to keep stuff in use longer. So not to buy new stuff, which requires building stuff that can really last. But if you have to buy something new, can we start building product that's going to give back? And regenerative organic agriculture does give back. It gives back to the soil. Um, it also looks at animal welfare issues. It also looks at farmer fairness and um, understanding sort of the conditions um, that our farm workers work in. And so that kind of holistic approach um, led to the development of a certification, a regenerative organic certification. And, um, and soon you will see... Um, Patagonia uh, products that have that are certified with that cotton. We already have some products um, that are certified in our food business, Patagonia Provisions. Um, so you can check out our mangoes if you want a regenerative organic <laughs> mango that you can have confidence in that was giving back to uh, giving back to the planet. That's wonderful. You do such a great job in storytelling with your films. And so you have Blue Heart that you did in Europe about saving the Grand Rivers from hydropower. And you also have Public Trust um, and then other ones. Can you talk about why you do that? Uh, by the way, that Yvonne and Robert Redford work together on Public Trust. I mean, I wish I was a fly on the wall there. Oh, my God. But why these films? And, in, you know, people are going to go, oh, no, 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 that's a production company. But it's at the center of the heart of your storytelling. It sure is. Yeah, we um, realized, I think Patagonia has been in the storytelling business really since our first catalog, right, which is a catalog about clean climbing um, by Yvonne. And um, I think um, sort of started this journey of the ability to connect with our community, have a conversation. We didn't want to just talk at people, but really treat our community as friends and equals and have a conversation about these issues. And um, so our catalogs, um, uh, for your listeners that read them, hopefully they give that, right? It's this opportunity to really share deep stories. Um, and film is an extension of that. And sort of realizing the power of visual storytelling and the way that you can connect to bigger audiences um, at a deeper, more emotional level and really bring out issues that might seem maybe random or <laughs> or just um create issues that are not top of mind and make them top of mind. Um, and um, yeah, so we have a new film called Public Trust that's it's available on YouTube now, feature length film about the threats um, to our to our public lands. It, it, um, it tells the story of three areas, Bears Ears National Monument, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and the Boundary Waters. All three are threatened. We already have um, I think like 1.8 million views on YouTube. Oh, fabulous. It's been premiered. Uh, it was, I think it's three weeks old at this point. And so, and yeah, we're also using it as a vehicle to engage voters, right? I mean, it was very purposeful in our timing with this film because we want to elect more public lands champions. And so we want people to see this film and then take action and vote this November for leaders who will protect wild places. We're really making that case. Again, love the fact your visual storytelling, the true stories, you're connecting it back to what can I do as a viewer to act. So I'm going to make sure that, that we promote that. And in our show notes, we're going to do lots of links um to your materials and your oh, films great. and Thank such you. so 
Um, I hate to end this. This is so much fun and it's so powerful. So maybe maybe we can do come visit you in another six months or so. But I'd love because so we have these listeners and everybody's going, oh, my God, Patagonia. They're my hero heroine. I want to be like them. But we're public. My CEO gets stakeholder capitalism, yet we still have, you know, investors. So I'm going to ask you a two parter. If a company is starting out on their purpose discovery that's authentic, what can they do based on, you You know, you can write volumes on it, but what can they do if they're starting out? They haven't even started. And then we're going to talk about the second part is they're on the journey. But let's the first one is that they, oh, my God, we have to have our purpose what what should they do? Yeah, so I think if you're if you're a company, if you're a new company, or if you're a company that's been around for a, a long time, um, I think understanding your purpose is what are you what do you offer in um, in these challenging times, or what are you trying to solve for? And think about think about things that are really highly relevant to you, to your people, and your communities. Every company has a purpose and can solve for a challenge. There's a lot of challenges out there right now. And don't think of challenges as too small, right? I mean, our environmental advocacy started with um, understanding the effect of a very local watershed. And now we are solving for global climate challenges. And so don't think of a problem as too small, but commit to it. Um, And don't make it about marketing, make it a core to who who your company is. um, And 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 stay on it. Um, It really, it takes that long term thinking. um, And you know, we live in a world of short termism. And we have to change that we have to think beyond um, okay, in six months, let's move to the next. No, uh, really commit. Nothing is permanent, and really commit to to the long term in in that purpose journey. I think it can be really small, but stay on it because nobody knows what you're doing until you've done it and talked about it, especially your employees. And it has to have that authenticity. How about they're on a journey. It's, you know, the C-suite is kind of interested, but it's not at the center of decision making yet. What are a couple other kind of stepping stones an organization can take to advance their purpose and get it towards action and scale? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's really critical at the beginning to engage and get everyone at the table all the time, make them a part of that journey. Um, And so start with the the toughest ones and let them, a lot of times people who can be really challenging um, like to know that they're a part of the solution. So make them a part of the solution, empower. So so the every, is the everyone your naysayer management? Who's the everyone? I guess I mean, you were asking, I think, about the C-suite involvement in purpose. Yeah, and that right. so, it, yep. so I would not just, I mean, and I think this is a mistake that companies make of like, limit this work to a CSR team, limit, limit purpose work to a CSR team. 
don't limit work to a purpose work to a CSR team. Engage your accounting team. Engage your HR team. Engage all the leadership team on that purpose journey and make them invested in it. Set metrics so they're invested in it for that long term. A really important part of this too has to come from understanding that your own house is in order. I think we couldn't do what we do um, to solve for environmental challenges if our supply chain was a mess. Um, and so, you know, that's an important thing to look at as you start out is, is your own house in order? If you're looking at immigration issues, well, how does your company manage um, uh, immigrant communities and employees? What does that look like? Um, your employees will call you out if you try to engage in this work and your own house is not in order. And um, they can be your employees can be your best allies, but they can be tough critics. And man, it resonates when your employees call you out because who knows better than them? No one. <laughs> right. Right. Ab absolutely. What haven't I asked you? I know we could go forever, but are there a couple parting thoughts that like you live it and breathe it every day or something I call a BGO, a blinding glimpse of the obvious? Just given um, your background and probably most of your listeners, I, you know, this is this is obvious to people, but I think we get sick of it. And so we forget about it. But that importance of surround sound storytelling and I think being super clear about why you're doing what you're doing and sharing that message in a whole variety of ways is just so important right now. Be intentional about why you are raising your voice about barriers to voting um, and say it 10 different ways. Um, not all of us love Twitter. So don't just use Twitter as a way to push your message. We at Patagonia, as you mentioned, we uh, were really invested in the film business. We also write long form essays on a lot of these challenges. And of course, we have tweets and Instagram posts, too. But um, but I think that surround sound is is really important to get that sort of deep, substantive um, reasoning for why you're doing what you're doing. How do you get this communicated to the guy or gal that's, you know, at the entry level employee? They could be in manufacturing, a lot of your manufacturing. Your manufacturing is overseas a lot, most of it, yeah. isn't it? But you do have fair trade. So, But how do they get your messages? Or the guy that's unpacking boxes or gal at retail? Yeah, great question. And um, to be honest, I think this is something that we took for granted for a long time. And the realities of COVID with everybody working remotely has forced us to quickly um, fill in a lot of gaps that we had um, in the internal communications. But one of the things we do, and when I first started at Patagonia, I couldn't believe the appetite that so many of the teams had for just talking points. And they wanted pages and pages ah, interesting. Just talking, talking points, points. About, about issues and product. And so that's one of the things that my team spends a lot of time on. Um, and I wish I had a... Um, a silver bullet for the best way to share out internally. I will just go back to that point of surround sound. We sort of recognize that emails are important. So our calendar invites, so is the intranet, you know I mean? And so sharing out in a whole variety of ways to everyone. 
we're pretty transparent. Like we share out anybody wants to be a talking point on any topic. We're glad to share it. Um, not everybody's always on distro, but we will we will share it out if, if you ask for it. And so if you want the 20 pages of talking points that we have about public trust and why we made that film, anybody in the company can have access to it. I've taken so much of your time. This has been amazing. Um, I love the conversation. Um, is there two things, because one's too little, in parting that you just want to share with our listeners, whether they're starting the journey, on the journey, private, public, um, any parting comments? Have the confidence to be bold. That is wonderful. So, Corley, you are, everybody told me how great you are, but you are far beyond it. But your humility and your excitement is just so great and i would just like to thank you again and just say to our listeners what is your purpose <laughs> <laughs>